0: What's up, guys? We're back with another edition of DNVR Madness, a national extension of our college basketball coverage. I'm Justin Michael. I cover the CSU Rams. I'm joined by Ben Girding. He covers the Buffs. It's exciting times to be a Hoops fan along the front range. Before we jump into things, though, you know, you're probably hearing how great these mortgage rates are right now. Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they're not just your typical mortgage company. Sure, they have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is Mike is a certified financial planner. He looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number, gotta love that. You know, if you've gone through this loan process before and you'd rather get a root canal, watch Nolan Arenado suit up for the Cardinals, I get it, it's a miserable freaking process. Now with Mike and Virginia Chevalier, they're the best in the biz they're going to make it nice and smooth and simple for you. Visit them at dnbrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNBR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you can get set up with a free consultation or you can give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Again, that's 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 191-0631. All right, I am with Ben. We're talking hoops. There's a lot going on. It's it's conference tournaments starting, the regular season standings finishing up. Where
1: do you want to start with this, my man? Yeah, I mean, there's so many places we can go. I mean, let's let's start right off the top. You know, as we're looking in the last weekend of college basketball, what conference has your attention as far as? The the tournament that matters the most, you know, obviously I think you'd say the Mountain West, I'd say the Pac-12, but as far as like implications on seeding and whatnot, you know, is, is there any others that really spark your interest?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think if you're, if we're looking at some of the bigger leagues, I think the ACC tournament is going to be really big for some of these fringe teams like Duke, North Carolina, you know, traditionally powerhouses, but very much on the bubble at this point. Obviously we've got that final A regular season matchup between them this weekend. So we'll see how that plays out as well. But I I would say the big 12, I think, just because I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, if you're Baylor, there's not a whole lot you get from this. If you run the table here, you just get to continue saying you're undefeated. But, you know, for a team like Oklahoma State, who's on fire or Oklahoma, who's trying to figure out, you know, its issues after just getting swept Kansas, who's been up and down all year, I think the Big Twelve tournament could be really interesting, and it could really help somebody. Could also, you know, break somebody if you're if you know you're a, a Kansas or an Oklahoma and you lose in the first round. I think that could really hurt your seating.
1: Where are you most excited about? Yeah, honestly, you hit both those right on right on the head. For the ACC, if you are a Duke fan, they have to win this tournament really to to feel any sort of comfort. Obviously, to get the AQ. Even if they make the title game, you know, if they win out and make the title game, I'm still not confident in the Blue Devils that they'll make it. Um, And kind of the same goes for North Carolina. This game between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils this weekend kind of feels like a, um, you know, a a do or die moment for both these teams. A must-win situation because they really can't afford too many losses. But I love that you brought up the Big 12 so many teams could just, you know, really cement themselves. You know, if, for example, West Virginia, if the Mountaineers go going to run and win the whole thing, they actually might have a decent one-seed case. I think right now, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan are pretty much locked up as the one-seed. And then it comes down to that fourth spot, and you've got teams like Illinois, Ohio State. You've also got the likes of West Virginia um, in that kind of sweepstakes. Obviously, Illinois is the front runner right now. But if the Mountaineers go on run and rip off, you know, three, four more wins and get the automatic bid in the Big 12, would not be surprised to see them maybe sneak up to that four line.
0: It's interesting to see how quickly that conversation has changed around that fourth one seed because Ohio State, you know, eight, nine days ago, they had a lot of juice, a lot of, you know, momentum. All of a sudden, a couple of losses, and I think Illinois has got a better chance West Virginia, like you brought up, they've got a better chance. I even like Alabama. I know they dropped a game to Arkansas, but Arkansas is red hot right now. And we'll talk about that when we get into the SEC. That that fourth one seed, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to have a lot on the line in the conference tournament in terms of wanting to kind of just solidify themselves and, you know, prove one last time, hey, we are that good. Give us that recognition. It's going to be fun, though, because that means a lot of these really, really good teams still have a lot to play for in these conference tournaments.
1: Yep, absolutely. And, you know, while we're talking about Ohio State, Illinois, let's transition and get into the Big Ten right now. Michigan, you know, they've dropped the game now to Illinois. And really, I mean, it was a it was a blowout. Uh, Illinois destroyed them by 23 points. And they did that without their best player, arguably the second best player in the country in Ayodosumu. Illinois really with a with a statement win there, but with that being said, Michigan they've still done so much every game that that they are pretty much locked in as a one seed. So going down the Big Ten standings, obviously now Michigan, Illinois, Iowa creeping back up into third. Iowa they're really they're coming back on. Um, you know they, they they dip back, but but they're putting things together. Their defensive efficiency is improving steadily. In um, fourth you've got Purdue, and now in fifth you've got Ohio State slipping all the way to fifth. They're on a three game skid. Ohio State. You know, they looked great for so long, but their size really caught up to them. Their inability to really, I mean, not even compete, not even control, you know, the likes of Hunter Dickinson. That's got to concern you heading into the tournament because there are a lot of teams that might not even be as talented as Ohio State, but just can present enough of a mismatch on the block where it will just dismantle that Buckeye defense.
0: Let alone someone like Baylor, you know, who would just absolutely obliterate you there if you if you don't have anybody to, to stop in the post. I think that's a great point. It's really a lot of these Big Ten teams. I mean, Illinois has got some decent size. Um, almost almost hurt his cause for player of the year there, not not playing in that game and gets the blowout blow <laughs> win for him anyways. Just kidding, that's tongue-in-cheek. But um, the Big Ten tournament should be a lot of fun too. I'll, I'll be curious to see how Michigan responds after... You know, getting blown out by Illinois, how hard do they go? That's always interesting to me. Some of these teams that pretty much have the number one, number two seed locked up in the NCAA tournament. I mean, is it really worth expending the energy of, of, you know, trying to make a run? I, I almost think it's best if you're a team like Michigan, Baylor, win one game, you know, keep it going. You don't want to be a first round exit and like enter on exit on a sour note but just you know, make the quarterfinals or whatever and, and then just exit. You, know, you don't need to waste all that energy
1: winning at all. Where are you at with that? I, you know, I actually I have a very different perspective. I think it's, it's all about the conference tournament first. I think that if you win your conference tournament, anything else that happens in March is just a, a cherry on top of an already successful season. So, and, and quite frankly, I feel the same way for football as well as basketball in that regard. To me, it's not about getting to the, you know, the the college football playoff, at least not initially. It should just be about winning your conference because that in itself is so difficult to do. Um, And it's just such a prideful moment as well as helping you sway recruits from other schools. So for me, you know, I I go all in on these conference tournaments because I, I think there's a lot to be said for winning your conference, but at the same time, too. If you rip off three or four wins, you know, I mean, you are really feeling yourself in March. And so there is something to be said for that. But at the same time, I totally understand a team like Gonzaga or Baylor who says, screw it. Like, let's shift into neutral. And neutral for those teams will pick up a win still in the conference tournament. But again, you know, a semifinal exit. It's not going to hurt their stock whatsoever. It's really winning their conference is not a a need for that resume for those teams. So I I do see your point on that.
0: Well, and, you know, kind of arguing against myself here, you always worry if you tone it down a little bit, you know, can you flip that switch right back, you know, the following week for the NCAA tournament could set a bad precedent. It's just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I am intrigued by if some coaches... You know, especially knowing that they're going to have a top seed in the NCAA tournament, just don't put as much weight in the conference tournament. But I also like what you said. You know, have some pride. You want to win it. It does matter. And it, it's not all about national championships and college athletics. Obviously, that's the goal. But there's only one winner, and there's a whole lot more teams than there are in the pro league. So if if it's championship or bust, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, however much that is, I suck at math. Anyways, let's go. Let's talk about the Big East. Man, such a bummer. Uh, Colin Gillespie, Villanova point guard. Going to miss the rest of the season with a torn MCL. At least that's what it's looking like. You never know. Sometimes these guys try and play while injured. Three-year starter. um, Recently named a finalist for the Bob Cousy Award. One of the best five point guards in the country. Just gut-wrenching. You hate to see it right before the tournament could maybe come back because of the eligibility rules. We'll have to see. I mean, does this, does this basically end Villanova's chances of making a run? They're, they've got a lot of experience even outside of him.
1: It, it's so tough because, you, you know, I mean, like you touched on, you're not just losing his box score production. You're losing a, a voice on that team, a voice on that court. And so it, it's going to be difficult to project you know, what, what they look like moving forward. Um, I I think if you're Villanova, you feel really good that you've got one game left against Providence and you can try and, you know, iron out the kinks a little bit and see, see what lineups now you can put out there to kind of make up for it. I I don't think it ends their chances at a run necessarily. Um, I still think a sweet 16 berth is absolutely on the table for the Wildcats. But I do think that that might be their ceiling. Um, You know, a a first round win, I still think they're experienced enough. Second round, it's probably going to be more of a toss up. It depends on where their seed ends up as well. They did pick up that win against Creighton, which is huge because playing a manly conference schedule for Villanova is bad because the Big East just does not have that same top end talent. So Where they'll end up in the rankings, probably a low two seed, maybe a three or a four seed, depending on how bad things go in the tournament, the conference tournament, I mean. So that second round is going to be a toss-up. I still think they'll be favored. But outside of that, man, it's just, it is disappointing for a team that, you know, really was, you know, they've had some ups and downs this season, but as experienced as they were, you could not count them out come NCAA time.
0: They're just well coached, you know. We've we've talked about it a lot about how we just like the continuity of the roster, the way that Villanova and Creighton are both built from the ground up. They're programs where, you know, you're not getting one and duns. It's not the Kentucky style. You know, it's it's a couple of years they develop them. You get to know them. It's a lot of fun. You know, Gillespie, he was one of the six men on that national championship team a couple of years back. We've seen him, you know, blossom into a star in front of our eyes. One of my favorite players to watch. So I'm really disappointed. I was actually with Ben. Ben broke that news to me yesterday when we found out it was an MCL injury and he was going to be out. And I was just gutted. I was gutted. But uh, before we move on from the Big East, where are you at with UConn? 13-6 and 6 overall, 10-6 and 6 in league. Do they have a shot to make the tournament as an at-large team, or do they
1: need to win the Big East tournament? They have a shot, um, but it, <laughs> they need to... I, I think if you are... If you're UConn... You need to make the Big East title game to feel good. You don't need to win the conference, but I think if you make the Big East title game, you'll feel good about about your at large status. Yeah, the Huskies are—you know—they're a team that you know they don't scare me necessarily. They have not really had that big signature win, and that is going to hurt them. You know, they've lost to Creighton, lost to Villanova, lost to Saint John's. So their resume, it just does not scream, you know, contender. So while they may make an at-large bid, I I would not be shocked if they were a double-digit seat in a first-round exit. They did have one very nice win against USC, and that's really kind of crutching this team's resume. The problem is, is that was on December 3rd. I mean, this team, both teams, quite frankly, are far and away different than they were in December. So if you're UConn, I think it's less about making the title game for your resume as much as it is just proving to yourselves and everybody else that yeah, we can compete on a big stage and take on some top-level talent and actually hang.
0: I don't think they have the resume as of yet. You know, like you said, they've really struggled in conference against their, you know, the top teams. We'll see. I I, I don't think they're as good as you know, even some of the fringe teams in in the Mountain West. You know, the Pac twelve. I don't know. I just wanted to get your perspective, though. Let's let's talk about the ACC. It's been such a weird weird year for the ACC. It's been entertaining because it's you know every week it seems like something absurd happens. I you know we already hit on the fact that the tournament's going to be really intriguing. Where are you at with you know w- with this league? Because we Florida State and Virginia, they're kind of the top two. I don't know if I trust either of them in the tournament, though.
1: No, that's the thing is, none of these teams in this conference are are very trustworthy. This really might end up being a a five bid league. But outside of Florida State, I think they would be because Florida State's probably trending as a as a three seed at this point. I'd say um, right around that range. Uh, Yeah, outside of that, in Virginia, two three line depending on how the rest of their season goes. You don't feel great about them, even in just that second-round matchup. So, no, I I don't think your money is going on any ACC team to go to the Sweet 16, obviously depending on how the bracket falls. But outside of that, you know, Virginia Tech, they're going to make the tournament. They are a, a streaky team. Louisville is a team that it was like nobody gave them credit in the beginning, and then as soon as everybody gave them credit, then they started to fall apart. You've got Georgia Tech in there, who's a bubble team. And then you've got pretty much, you know, I I don't know that Clemson will make it at this point. And then North Carolina, Duke, those all are kind of in the same situation as those teams for me are on the outside of the bubble, looking in, they need a run in the ACC title game to the title game, at least to really get on the right side of that bubble. Um, But who knows, you know, maybe, maybe any of those teams between Clemson, North Carolina, Duke, maybe even Syracuse, They really could rock the ship. Would not be surprised if they won the automatic bid from this league.
0: Syracuse always does that, man. They they make a late run. They're excessively mediocre throughout the entire season. They sneak in in like a play in game, and then they end up going to the sweet sixteen or something. But I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how this conference tournament plays out. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't really trust any of these teams at this point. I guess I would say I trust Virginia the most just because I think defense translates and I think they're probably the best coach team, although Leonard Hamilton definitely has a strong argument as well. He obviously just got paid with that big extension. I mean, anything else you want to hit on the ACC before we we move on? We'll obviously talk about the conference tournament more next week.
1: Yeah, you know, really, nothing else comes to mind. Um, Congrats to Leonard Hamilton. I think he's like 72, um. So you just keep getting it done. But yeah, that it's a it's a league that it's not overly impressive. It might have some surprises during the conference tournament, but on the whole, if you're looking for a sleeper to win this thing for you to to try and upset some brackets, I don't think any of these teams are I, these. They're deep sleeps. Deep sleeps for sure.
0: Maybe like I don't know. If I was gonna throw a couple dollars down, I'd probably do it on somebody like. I, Louisville or, I don't know, UNC, I guess. I, I, I've i lost a ton of money on the Tar Heels over the last couple of weeks thinking that they were going to figure it out and then find a way to sneak in. So uh, I'm tired of believing <laughs> in that mediocre team. But let's talk about the Big 12 because it's just anarchy right now. Every time I think I know who the second best team is, they kind of fall back. I do think it's West Virginia right now. But is the third best team... Oklahoma State I mean they've come on so strong down the stretch. Cunningham is obviously a beast. I mean they've got they're, they're at least in the running at this point.
1: You know, they're absolutely in the running. Cade um, Cunningham is a difference maker. He it's just it's just so fascinating to watch a player like that. Really take over games. The sweep at and versus Oklahoma, big win over Texas Tech. But for this, you know, if you're looking at this resume, they're far and away a a tournament team. But as far as how they stack up against other Big 12 competition, I think this next game against West Virginia is going to be huge. Not even saying they need to win, but I want to see them stay competitive. I would like to see it stay within two possessions throughout the majority of the game, not get a backdoor cover. If so, yeah, I think Oklahoma State has a case for it. I also think Kansas has really come back on, uh, you know, that that game against Baylor was was so fluky. Baylor, they did not play well. It was only their second game off COVID pause, this, that, or whatever. Baylor's still a talented team. Can't discredit that win from Kansas at all. And so now, you know, the Big 12 really has four teams they should be very excited about. I think three are well-established with Baylor, West Virginia, and Kansas. I mean, Oklahoma State is that sneaky team where, you know, their seed, it's still up in the air how high or low they might go, but it's a scary team you would not want to face uh, on that opening weekend.
0: This prediction could get messed up depending on how the seedings and regions work. You know, if if a bunch of teams end up all in one region or something like that. Out of all the major conferences, if I were to bet on any conference to have four teams make the Sweet 16, my money would be on the Big 12 right now. Even after everything we've seen out of the Big 10, you know, I think Illinois, Michigan, I think Ohio State, all of those teams are capable. But I think Baylor is basically a lock at this point. You know, I I think Kansas is really sneaky. You know, as as frustrating as they've been, I don't want to hype them up too much. I like Kansas, so I'm kind of going the cautious. I don't want to jinx anything here. As soon as I start to buy in, they fall apart. It's happened to me all year. Oklahoma State, though, I I think a player like Cunningham is capable of. You know, leading Oklahoma State to a win or two basically by himself. And as we've said, we we both really like West Virginia. We like how hard they play. They're going to be a tough out for anybody. I love the big 12. It's a lot of fun and it's ended up being a really great season. And I think it's good that Kansas didn't win the league, even as a Kansas fan, just because at some point you want to see somebody else take the crown, you know, you want to know that it is actually possible and, and shout out to, to Baylor, even though I, I hate acknowledging anything that that athletic department does well.
1: Should yeah. we, talk, hey, uh, should we Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, too, you know, I love that you said, you know, four, those four teams absolutely could earn a Sweet 16 bid. And then outside of that, they have three other sneaky teams. You know, Texas, they started off hot. They've cooled off over, you know, the calendar switch, but that's still a talented basketball team. And so is Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they're on a four game skid, but that's still a talented team. Um, I still think they could make some noise when the tournament comes around. And Texas Tech, man. That's the team that went through some bumps, but now they're back on a three-game winning streak. I love Texas Tech. Um, I, I love Coach Beard. I, I just I think they really could also make it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was more than four. Uh, quite frankly, because this conference is just that good. And when you compare it to the Big Ten, you know obviously Michigan and Illinois; those would be your favorites. Iowa, too, probably would be up there as a Sweet Sixteen. But you know, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue. Those top teams in the conference all have shown holes. And quite frankly, Ohio State as a two seed is probably your favorite matchup just because of, I mean, their biggest guy on the floor is going to be 6'8". You love that. And so for them to be a two seed, even that doesn't scare you whatsoever. So absolutely could expect an upset from them. Oh,
0: this is March, baby. This is March. <laughs> we're we're going to switch over and talk the Pac-12, the Mountain West, Two conferences that are near and dear to our heart. But first, UFC 259 is this weekend. Be sure to get in on this action-packed weekend. There's three title fights in one night. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is putting you in the center of it all. You can get 100-to-1 odds on either fighter to land a punch during the title fight. That's incredible. That's an easy way to make money. All you got to do is pick either main event fighter to land a punch during this weekend's UFC 259 bout. And you're going to get 101 odds. It's, it's really that simple. If you're not into MMA, that's okay. There's going to be college basketball betting, NBA, all-star stuff, um, You know the NHL. It's all there. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday place your bet. Watch the fist fly this weekend. And again, that's the, the code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 if either fighter lands a punch. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Have you started to check out some of these conference tournament odds yet?
1: You know, I haven't actually, uh, the Buffs just played their last game last night. So we were up late doing a post game show covering that this weekend is I'm, I'm really getting geared up for all these conference championship odds. I'm going to assume that you have, uh, what's it looking like? Anything good?
0: Well, I was just kind of curious. Um, I got to get my DraftKings pick of the week and right now CSU to win the mountain West tournament plus three seventy, It's a decent chance to make a nice chunk of change. I like their odds. They don't necessarily need to win the Mountain West Tournament, but it would definitely help their cause. I actually got it way earlier in the year at plus 1,700. So I'm, I'm really hoping that comes through. But uh, for my DraftKings pick of the week, I'm going CSU to win the Mountain West Tournament, plus 370. Again, not guaranteeing it. I'm just telling you, if you're a local basketball fan, you got to love that value there as a better. Definitely hop on that. Make yourself Give yourself a chance to make some money. Shout out to DraftKings. We love them. We're going to be talking all kinds of bets over the next week. Um, We are going to talk local, but before we do, we do have to talk about the SEC. Man, Arkansas, the must-bus is rolling. Seven straight wins. How, I mean, are are you, are you, do you believe in Arkansas yet? Because last time we talked, you were still kind of
1: on the fence. I'm all in on Arkansas. Yep. I mean, how could you not at this point, you know? seven straight wins and just the way that it's come, you know, beating Alabama handedly, beating LSU, beating the pants off South Carolina. I mean, they're just, they're doing everything right. They're a fun team to believe in. And they're also a team that's probably going to end up being a three or a four seed. And it's going to shock people because the casual basketball fans that tune in are like, how is Arkansas a three or a four seed? But I mean, you said it, the bus is rolling you know, nobody's catching Alabama, but Arkansas really does make the SEC enticing to get both the Razorbacks and, uh, you know, roll Tide into the Sweet 16. I will say outside of that, though, there's not a single team in this conference that excites me now at this point. You know, the, the field is pretty much separated. Outside of Alabama and Arkansas, the rest are just names to me now. Tennessee
0: and Missouri, man, they've they've just fallen off the face of the planet. We were all in early like the potential, Tennessee just can't score. You know, the, like the, the defense is, has been great, but they just have not improved offensively as the season's gone on. I wouldn't trust them against anybody. I mean, like even a team like out of the Mountain West, I think would probably be able to outscore them. I mean, it'd be tough. Obviously, they've got length and they'll make your three-point shooting hard, but man, tough times if you're a Volunteers fan. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you're in on Arkansas. They're, they're just fun. It's fun to root for Eric Musselman I like that he's not in the Mountain West anymore, you know, not taking down my alma mater, it makes it a little bit easier for me to appreciate what he's doing. But they're a fun team. You know, Moses Moody, a fun freshman guard, JD Note. He's a junior. He loves to just let it fly if you watch that team, he he's fearless. He's one of those dudes, if you give him the ball, he's going to put it up. It's not always a good thing, but I'm about it. Um makes it makes it entertaining. All right, like you no, said, absolutely. Um, Two man race, though. Can Alabama are are they still in contention for a one seat, especially now that Ohio State's fallen off the face of the planet?
1: Yeah, I mean they're in contention just because of how open that is. Uh, But it's it's probably going to take Alabama to win the SEC title for them to secure that one seat. And you know, with that being said, it's definitely possible. Um, You know, they're fifteen and two right now in the conference, so there is absolutely no reason to believe that Alabama really can't run the table in that tournament. But that does seem like the only way they get on the one seed line at this point, even still, um, you know, if they lose in the title game still probably the, the top two seed. So Alabama, you know, they could also lose in the first round. They'd still be a two seed. So they're in a really great spot where losses really don't hurt them as much. Um, and you do love to see that, but yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna take some wins for them to, to kind of jump over that hurdle.
0: The SEC. It just means more baby. All right, let's talk about the Pac-12. The Pac-12's been really intriguing. I know a lot of people on the East Coast are probably not paying attention to some of these late-night tips, but we've had some interesting results over the last couple of weeks. You've been skeptical of Oregon from the get-go. They have four straight wins. They've come on kind of strong. Are you sold yet?
1: Yeah, I, there's there's nothing else they really need to do. Uh, that That loss against USC is still concerning, but like you said, four games in a row now, and and some quality ones too against Arizona and USC, Will Richardson being healthy now on on the outside of that COVID pause uh, because he was hurt for the majority of the year, that gives them another boost. And then, you know, they've got a great two-way punch with Chris Duarte and Eugene Amaruti. They're a good team. They're probably going to win this conference. And that's what's the interesting thing is most bracketologists still are only pitching them as like an eight or nine seed when they're probably going to win this conference would not be surprised if they made the title game and won won the tournament as well. Oregon, no one is thinking about them. And it might hurt them long term having to pack in so many games in such a tight window. But they have now proved it resume wise that they can handle they can handle the competition.
0: I think that's going to be the big thing for Oregon at this point is just fatigue. Can they survive what they've had to play over the last couple of weeks? Then the conference tournament, you know, then potentially a, a, a tough slate. If you end up as an eight seed, obviously you win one round, you're, you're facing a one seed, and that's never an easy scenario. Where are you at with USC and, and UCLA in the California schools? You know, USC, I feel like for most of the season, has been the, the better offensive team of the two. Um, but, you know, Mick Cronin obviously has that program rolling defensively at UCLA. What do you think between those two? Who do you feel more confident in going into
1: the conference tournament here? I I, I still feel more confident in USC just because that rim protection is incredible. Evan Mobley is probably going to be the Pac-12 defensive player of the year. And, and Evan Mobley, while he offensively and, and Okay, this is saying something, considering he's averaging 16 points and 58% from the floor, but just being a freshman, he's so long that he just does not have the as much weight, so he can get pushed around a little bit and have trouble getting to the rim sometimes on offense, but that being said, still, 16 points a game, 8 rebounds, almost 3 blocks a game, he is incredible. The one thing though, USC, UCLA, they're going to play each other tomorrow on Saturday. U- UCLA undefeated at home. That's that game is at the poly Pavilion. So they've got the advantage there. Um, a lot on the line for these LA schools, because if whoever loses that game probably ends up as the four seed, uh, that's a, you know, that, that's quite a drop in the PAC 12 rankings, just because both of these teams were really projected to, to kind of dominate. So I still would put my money on USC just because they have the talent, but when their front court production drops off, their guards are not able to pick up the slack. So it really, this team does ride or die with Evan Mobley.
0: He's, he's something else, man. He's going to be a lottery pick. Um, Arizona, they're currently in fourth place, but they're obviously not participating in the tournament. Colorado, they're gonna, they're in third. We're going to talk about them in just a second. Is there anybody else worth talking about in the Pac-12 right now? Stanford's fallen off. Arizona and, and Remy Martin was proven to be a fraud the other night. It it pretty much just feels like those top four, and that's about it.
1: Yep. They're, Pac-12 is a four-bed league now. Um, unless somebody gets the AQ in the conference title, or in the conference tournament, Stanford—you know—they as soon as they went home, they, the wheels really started to fall off. When they started playing in their own home court, I think that everything with this season has caught up with that team. And uh, for better or worse, that's just—it is what it is. So yeah, it, it's the—it's a top four race right now, as far as who's really going to make noise uh, in later on in March.
0: I wonder who, because you know, for a lot of the year, we felt like the Pac-12 was probably going to be a five-bit league. So I wonder, where does that bid end up falling?
1: Uh, it's a good question. You know, I think that... it's you know, I mean, that's pretty
0: open-ended. Like, it could end up anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Like, it'll be intriguing, you know, if it's looking at, you know, the Missouri Valley or something. Does that help solidify, you know, two teams getting in there? Or, you know, maybe if, you know, Gonzaga, you know, doesn't win the West Coast you know, tournament. And I don't know, we'll have to see somebody. It could help somebody. I'll, I'll just be. Yep, absolutely. To that the one
1: up conference there. too, that I'd like to look at with that is, is the A-10, you know, St. Bonaventure right now, they've got a great resume. I think they should be on the right side of the bubble right now, even without an in, in AQ. But if they don't win that tournament, you know, and let's say VCU gets the automatic qualifier or St. Bonaventure, either of those teams actually have very strong resumes um, and so you could see the A10 get two teams in there. Um, you know, also teams like Davidson, St. Louis, in that conference could end up, you know, getting on a rally in the tournament, and that's when you could see St. Bonaventure, VCU, get that on a or uh, get that at large bid.
0: I'd like to see both of those teams make it. VCU's fun. I've I've yep. watched them a couple of times this year just because of the way the timings worked out. There's a, a, oftentimes A10 games on CBS Sports before Mountain West, so I watch those two leagues a lot. A team out of the A10 that I'm pretty disappointed in is Richmond. I mean,
1: yeah, they completely
0: completely a disappointing season. They they had top 25 recognition early. I think like they had like five seniors in their starting lineup. Everybody had high hopes. They shut the bed though. It it just did not work out this year. All right, let's uh, let's flip our tune to the Mountain West for our final conference. It's been a fun year. It's been a weird year. The Mountain West and Pac 12 of kind of been very top heavy this season uh, but Boise State man they got forced to play a makeup game against Fresno State for TV money end up dropping it at home probably going to cost them a, a spot in the NCAA tournament now i think they pretty much have to win it all in vegas if they're going to want any chance of of participating in the big dance
1: yeah no, i mean when we talked about this race we talked about you know Nevada UNLV Utah State and Boise really responded well. You know, they were four and two of those six teams. And you were feeling great about that. But then, yeah, two losses to San Diego State, another loss to Fresno. And they're they're on the wrong side of the bubble. And that that's just, it's disappointing because that team was capable of more. And so it's just, a, it's a tough shakeout. But th- this conference outlook, three teams is that, is that kind of where you're at right now? Three teams with San Diego State, Colorado State, and, and Utah State is... I think Utah State is damn near on everybody's first team in or last four out. Any single bracketologist has Utah State in one of those two sections.
0: I think Utah State is one of those teams that really needs to make you know the Mountain West Tournament uh, championship game, at least. And I think if they do that, then they're going to solidify themselves. I could really see them being a, a play-in game scenario at this point. You know they do have a couple losses that are going to hurt them, but yeah, I mean this this league is really good, and and just unfortunately nobody could really afford a loss down the stretch. CSU they close out the regular season tonight on the road at Nevada. That's never an easy situation, but another Q two win would obviously help their help their resume there. It, I'm I'm curious, just as an outside an outsider looking in, the Mountain West made the wrong decision here, right? Like. There, what? Why, why have Boise State play Fresno State? Why have CSU play New Mexico this week? And, and obviously it worked out for CSU. They ended up winning, but there was so little to gain and you had everything to lose.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was one of those situations where a win really did nothing for Boise State. You know, that was not a... That's not like Boise State scheduling like a Power 5 school to bolster a Q1 opportunity It was straight up, you know, win does nothing, loss, like you said, kills everything, and it's tough that they needed a reschedule like that. You would have loved if they could have done something stupid, you know, and and put, God, I don't know, Wyoming and San Jose play each other, you know, two teams that have nothing to lose Uh, because that, you know, that just would have helped the conference. You're absolutely right. Explain to me how San Diego State is is the regular season winner because it still makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, basically, right now, if you look at the conference standings, they're, you know, CSU and San Diego State, they have the same winning percentage. So everybody's like, you know, CSU, they play Nevada tonight. How does that make any sense? How is San Diego State already crowned the champion? Well, what the standings are not currently factoring in are two forfeits that San Diego State is awarded for New Mexico, who earlier this season they were going through a. Um, A tough situation. They weren't able to play in Albuquerque. They were away from home, had a weird situation with the coaching staff. They decided to not play that series. Those ended up going down as forfeits, and so those are going to go down as wins for San Diego State. So no matter what CSU does tonight, they cannot leapfrog them, and it sucks. It's it's basically going to be a technicality that determines this because CSU, they weren't able to play New Mexico either. But that that went down as a no contest, not a forfeit, because that game was not played for COVID reasons. Just bad luck, basically. That that's Ram life. Um, anybody that follows CSU just knows that's how it goes sometimes. But yeah, it, it sucks. And um, I just I don't understand why the league couldn't have at least made San Diego State play New Mexico once this week. San Diego State they did have to play one game against UNLV. They took care of business. But for the sake of fairness, I mean, I'm sure they would have rolled them anyways. But it would have just made everybody feel a lot better if if they would have played two games this week. And instead of just getting those forfeits and winning no matter what happens. So that's unfortunate. Um, That's why it works. So if you look at the standings right now, it's not currently factoring in two forfeits that San Diego State gets for
1: that New Mexico series.
0: (sighs) What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
1: Yeah, that. With that being said, though, you know San Diego State that it, that is still a good team, twenty and four on the team. season. It's going to be interesting to see if if any of these Mountain West teams can make some noise. You know, some, outside the Power Five is really where March Madness gets its fun because it's not always Kentucky and Dukes that are making these runs. You know, it, it's some of these teams that you just never really heard of before, um, and, and the casual fans buy into it like that. You know, it, it's not like These teams are people that are unheard of to us. It's unheard of really to people who fill out their bracket Thursday morning. Um, And so that's what's going to be fun um, to see if any of these guys can really make a run. Would not count out any of the top three right now in the Mountain West. They're all good basketball teams. Like you said, it's a top-heavy league. But just because it's top-heavy doesn't discredit how heavy the top is.
0: Definitely. And I'll say this about the local teams, um, CSU and CU, that is. Both of these teams are capable of making a run. Obviously, you know, matchup, seedings, all of that's going to matter a lot, but they're well-coached. Both of them have terrific point guards. That makes all the difference. They've got guys that can really go off. I mean, I love Horn on CU, man. I love his ability to score. What, What an addition that Tulsa transfer has been for the Buffs program. You know, if you're CSU, David Roddy, in my opinion, should be the Mountain West player of the year. He's obviously capable of going off. I'd love for a national audience to be able to see you know, what he does. It's just fun. It, it's a fun time to be a college basketball fan. We are going to ramp up our college basketball coverage next week. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff coming up. We're going to do a live selection Sunday show. We're going to preview the conference tournaments. We're going to do stuff throughout it. I, I don't want to spoil all of it yet. We're still ironing out some of those details, but... It's going to be a blast. I hope that everybody tunes in. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter, too. Subscribe to the Buffs Pod, the Rams Pod, all that fun stuff. Ben, do you have anything you want to say to the people about the college basketball slate this
1: weekend before we go? Uh, I mean, you do have some big games. You know, you've got some games that are are, are pretty meaningful um, coming up tomorrow. you know, some really... Honestly, though, nothing that that's really going to rewrite any of the top seeds, but you got some bubble watch. Rutgers in Minnesota, you know, that that's bigger for Rutgers than it is Minnesota. And the Golden Gophers, they're, they're done. They're done. Um, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, like we talked about a little bit, that's going to be a fun game. And then, obviously, at 2 p.m., probably the, the, the signature game of the weekend is going to be number four, Illinois, against number seven, Ohio State. Could be winner takes the one seed in that one. Uh, at least winner takes the uh, the front running in that in that race. Duke North Carolina. That again probably do or die for either of those teams. Um, lots of stuff going on as far as the bubble watch goes. It's going to be a fun time, um, but also you know just getting ready for conference tournaments because there is less games tomorrow than normally uh, because next week is is really when the March Madness begins. So sign me up.
0: This is March, baby. This is March. Shout out to John Rothstein. I know everybody hates him, but I love him. I think he's hilarious. This is the best time of year. Um, I'm going to use all the Rothstein euphemisms or whatever for the entire spring. It's what I do. We sleep in May. Anyways, this is all we've got. All the corniness, all the college basketball talk. We love it. You love it. We will be back next week with all kinds of content. Stay safe out there. Peace.